Welcome to the LTC University Podcast. My name is Jamie Preston. I'm your host. And we're here with my good friend, Dee Dee Richardson. She's the Director of Integrated Services at SC House Calls. And I'm super excited today. We're going to be talking about assisted livings and and all the different things that, that she and SC House Calls provides for a, you know assisted living community, which is a lot. So Dee Dee, how are you today? I am doing good, Jamie. It's Friday, which is um, really good, but is, I'm doing well. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Fridays yes. are great. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, it's Thank great to have you. Thank you for having you. me, by yeah, the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we want to talk about kind of your guys' model for assisted livings, what you're doing, some of the, you know, the different things that you're adding to SC House or have added to SC House Calls to really make a difference in the lives of, of an assisted living community. And I've had the privilege of uh, serving in a lot, a lot of those communities in South Carolina yeah. and, and being yeah. there. And there's nothing like it. I, I'll never forget. I had this um, uh, thought that I thought I would never put my parents in an assisted living. And then mm. until I went to an assisted living and, and sure there's every system, every assisted living is different sure but they are some of the best places you know that i i enjoy being um because you find a really good community there you you get to meet these wonderful people that have gotten all this wisdom you know all Mm -hmm. this knowledge and and Mm -hmm. it's just so good to be around them so before, I was about to say, yeah. some of those buildings are beautiful and the services they provide. I'm like, I will move in here. You know, I <laughs> know I, I was in an assisted living in Charleston uh, and I can't remember the name, but it had a saltwater pool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, my God. A saltwater oh, indoor amazing. pool. Not just a, nice. Uh, yeah, it was very, very nice. Yeah, there's some that yeah. I would live in today. Um, but before we jump into that topic, Dee, I want you to give people kind of an overview of kind of how you got started in healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of near and dear to my heart. Um, my grandmother back in 2000 um, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and um, she kind of went downhill pretty quick. And uh, my grandmother was put into the hospice house, the Columbia hospice house over off of Greystone mm-hmm. um, Boulevard. And um, she passed away there. And I just loved the support and, and how they loved on us at the hospice house. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's a, that's a real, um, emotional time for everyone, but they really surrounded our family and they just made us feel good and, you know, prayed with us and brought us cookies and milk. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I really want that. I want to be a part of this, you know, whatever it is, whatever agape hospice has got going on. Um, I want to be a part of this. So that's kind of how I started. And it was a little God wink that I met Jennifer Kistler and um, we just, you know, hit it off and she offered me a job and I was like, yes, ma'am, I will take it. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I kind of had a similar experience with my grandmother. Now my grandmother wasn't um, at the, this was in Dayton, Ohio, and I got to see hospice operating for the first time as well. And it was um, although a tough experience, but it was yeah. a beautiful one, you know, and she was right. only there for a matter of hours. Um, but the way that they treated us and the way that they supported us and, and it was just amazing. And, and I, yeah. you know, and, and it, although it was years later before I would work with hospice, um, it really gave me a good sense. So I totally understand that and, and what that's like. So, um, yeah, it, it really is amazing. So, 
Well, you know, you you guys are serving in you know the hospice houses as well. You know, as a I yeah. know we're not just talking about we're talking about assisted living, but that is a kind of a form of you know a facility, if you will, that where you guys operate as well. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, some of our nurse practitioners go into the hospice houses around the state, yeah, and take care of patients there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a good service. Yeah. So, so let's give listeners an overview of kind of what you offer, um, at SC house calls an assisted living community and what that might look like. Yeah, absolutely. So last year, you know, and of course the year before during the pandemic, um, South Carolina house calls started with specialty services via telehealth because we could do that, you know, they don't have to come into the office or they don't have to you know, drive to get somewhere to go see a cardiologist or, Um, you know, a behavioral therapist or anything like that. So we had come up with um, specialty services that we could do via telehealth. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, working in facilities like I do, I was like, hey, this would be a great opportunity to present to the administrators and and let them see the different programs that we have that would make their life easier. So that's where, you know, I met Becky Cunningham. We kind of talked. She is our VP of Partnerships. Um, but she was an administrator at um, the Harmony at the time. And, um, you know, it was just a it was a good opportunity. She was like, Dee, whatever you can do that can make my life easier, especially during the pandemic and all the craziness that was going on. She's like, let's do it. So we came up with a folder. Um, of course, we offer nurse practitioners that go into these communities to take care of patients, um, you know, on a weekly basis and sometimes a, a biweekly basis if, if needed. But um, we wanted to start offering just these different different programs that we could get in there and, and do telehealth and do a proactive healthcare model and also make sure that you know we're encompassing the the patient and making sure that you know all of their all of their issues are being taken care of whether it's cardiology whether it's diabetic whether it's mm-hmm. their new dietitian um, you know we just wanted to make sure we were taking care of all of that. Sure. Now a lot of people when they think of telehealth they think complicated they think you know, somebody who is a senior, you know, citizen, they're going to have a hard time with telehealth. You guys solved that problem with a certain position that you you positioned in the facility. Yeah. So we have patient care coordinators throughout the state. And what they do is they um, help facilitate those telehealth calls through a tablet. So they will go and let's just say there's a, you know, 12, 15 visit, they go knock on Miss Jones's door, um, we'll go in and a link will be sent to that tablet and all they have to do is click on the tablet. Mm-hmm. Now, it does take you know, the seniors a little bit to understand kind of what's going on and, you know, how am I seeing this person inside of there? And um, <laughs> but like, you know, it does help for the PCC to facilitate that and be like, it's OK. You know, this is what we're doing. So that position alone has really helped, um, especially if we have to grab in family members to mm-hmm. kind of help with that um, or, you know, we want the family members on that call. We can do that as well. So um, that patient care coordinator is really key to, you know, making sure that we get that call scheduled and we sure. get that call you know, taken care of. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You know, because because people do worry about that. You know, they worry mm-hmm. about how difficult telehealth might be, but it's really not. It's, um, you know, especially in the last few years now that, you know, you, uh, that people are doing telehealth more than ever. Um, which it's it, honestly, it's changing healthcare, making it even way better. Um, but absolutely, and you know we're, really we're keeping the, 
Yeah, and we're keeping these residents in the building. They're not going out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're hopefully keeping them out of the hospital, you know, by doing these extra services. And um, and the administrators and especially the DONs of these, you know, these communities, they're like, this is great. You know, we can keep them here. They don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to take our bus anywhere. Um, and it just makes it easier on them. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah. there's just, there's less chance of a fall. There's less chance of, you know, the 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 daughter doesn't have to come and take time off of work to come take mom mm-hmm. or dad to, you know, their doctor's appointment or specialty appointment. You know, it's just so much easier and, and they can sit and you know what? They don't get to miss bingo. They don't, get, <laughs> they, you know, they, and, yeah. and, and I, something I learned early on working at an assisted living and serving there actually, you know, with, with hospice. And, and I remember, I interrupted, I talked during bingo one time and I got a, I, I literally got a cane pointed at me and told me that you need to be quiet. I can't hear. And, oh, they're serious. And yes. it is a serious thing. And I <laughs> have never been so scared in my life, Dee Dee. And, and it was, it was, a, <laughs> I'll never forget that experience. And I said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And I, and I got out of there. So <laughs> yeah, I know when I walk into a facility, if bingo is going on, I am very quiet. I am like, you know, a, a, a sleuth, you know, walking yeah. through there, just trying to be quiet. So yeah. yeah. Well, you're a pro. I was a rookie then. I was really <laughs> green. So I learned really fast though. Um, yeah. Well, that, that sounds amazing. You know, from a, from an administrator's perspective, what does this really mean to them and to that DON, you know, what are some of the benefits that this provides, you know, them having a, a service like this and how often are, you know, nurse practitioners in these facilities? Yeah. Um, and again, it depends on how many patients we have in those facilities or that community. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, some I know some of our practitioners maybe will go in two or three times a week um, and some just go in once a week, you know, and, and, you know, it's just really as an as needed basis. They might not see the same patients they saw, you know, that week or the next week. But I think with the administrators and especially the DONs, it's taking that pressure off of them. And, and it's kind of a total package that we offer. Yeah. So, you know, they are really excited about, okay, so we can, you know, help Miss Jones with her diabetes or we can help Miss Jones, you know, with her pharmacy or pharmacy consults to where, you know, they know that they're being taken care of their medications are where they need to be, you know, and it, I think it just takes a lot off of them. And it yeah. keeps, like I said, again, it keeps the residents in the building, keeps mm-hmm. their back door closed, you know? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and, and I think that's huge. Cause I mean, you know, when, when a resident say they have a fall, they have an, uh, some type of medical issue, they get sent to the hospital, which happens on a regular mm-hmm. basis in a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of communities. Um, especially if they're not getting a lot of primary care attention, uh, you know, it happens a lot. And most of the time, what, what ends up happening is they leave, you know, they go to the hospital, they're there for a week, two weeks, maybe they, they come out of the hospital, but they don't usually go right back to the facility. They go back and they end up in a skilled nursing facility. They end up in the mm-hmm. skilled nursing facility for two months or maybe a month. And sometimes they never make it back to their home right. in that facility, unfortunately. And yeah. and it, it's, you know, it, it completely changes their lifestyle. So the more that they can stay um and and be part of that community the better lifestyle they have and and that's something you guys are affording um these residents uh, you know in a way absolutely and i you know i 
I do think it kind of helps with the family members who might be out of state, you know, who can't see their mom and dad on a regular basis, but they know that, you know, they have a patient portal that they can look at every note that's closed, Mm -hmm. you know, they can look at. And so I think it makes a difference just to know that, you know, there's a different set of eyes on them, especially, you know, in a community because it, it can be difficult and, you know, just being away from them. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I just think it's just such a great model. So, you know, one of the reasons you guys are able to keep patients out of the hospital, you know, is because you see them more. Talk about that and that kind of model of seeing patients more often. And isn't that a conflict with insurance? So it is not now. Actually, we have insurance companies who are sending us reports every day saying you need to see this patient more. So because in in their mind, they want them out of the hospital as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, keeping them out of the hospital because that increases their prices. Um, So or, you know, or their their money. So what we're doing is we're making sure that we're increasing the visits, whether it's a telehealth visit, whether it's a nurse practitioner in there. Um, you know, whatever we can get in there to make sure that we're taking care of the patient, that's important. And the insurance company in turn is saying, thank you. And, you know, they're giving us kudos for, um, you know, for, for seeing them more often and seeing them on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, you think about it now, like if you have a primary care provider that's in, in a brick and mortar building, you go to see them whenever you're sick. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time you see them. But what we're doing is we're seeing them on a like a like I said, a proactive basis. Of you know we're seeing them on a weekly basis, just checking to see what's going on. Are you feeling okay today? And if you're feeling good, that is great. We are yeah. done here, you know. But if you you know if you got a scratchy throat or you failed last night, you know that's something that we kind of want to look into and you know and take care of. But again, I think it's you know I think it's a great model that we have of of just doing on a regular basis seeing these patients because like I said, if you if you have a PCP that you have to go and see, you're not going to do it until you get sick, you know. Sure. So we're beating it. I say we're beating it before it happens. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say that, you know, a provider comes in, they're going to see these patients, you know, they've, they got them on their schedule. Um, But Mrs. Jones, she's not on that schedule today. She actually got saw, you know, last week, Mm -hmm. you know, so, but maybe she's just started getting the sniffles today. You know, if Mm -hmm. she's not on that schedule, are they still able to kind of pop in and, and do a visit? They absolutely will. And that is crucial, especially because we have a, a communication book or a communication log at every facility. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the night shift can write down, uh, you know, Mrs. Jones didn't look good last night or something like that. Well, the nurse practitioner checks that book and she adds Mrs. Jones to her schedule that day. So just because she's not, you know, uh, not on the schedule, um, anything that happens, even if you just meet her in the hall, you know, then that nurse practitioner will go see her and make sure she's taken care of. Sure. Absolutely. That's very yeah. convenient. And, it is. Yes. And, and, and guaranteed that that's going to save, you know, patients from going to the hospital. There's no doubt absolutely. about it. That's yep. going to keep them in the building, keep them at home where they belong, enjoying those activities, enjoying the, the, mm-hmm. the, the musician that comes in to sing hymns and, and, mm-hmm. or dinner time or, yeah, or dinner time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Now I, I like, I like some dinner time. There's no doubt about that. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, that's amazing. I, I just think that's just an all around win. Um, how can, how can an administrator kind of, you know, you know, get, get this kind of a service in their building. Absolutely. So they can reach out to me, um, which, you know, if they want to 
you may give them my cell phone number, Jamie. Um, or your email address, whatever. whatever yeah, I can, yeah, yeah. So they can reach out to me. Um, of course, my cell phone number is 803-394-2820. And my email address is drichardson yeah. at schousecalls.com. So um, reach out to me. I can get you a PCC in there. We can start a program, do family nights, go ahead and get things set up to where it's a, just an easy registration mm-hmm. process for those patients and you know, nothing that the administrators have to do. We can have a team come in and set up and do that, um, you know, for them. Um, but it's, you know, it's just a real easy process. And, and, and again, it's educating the families, it's educating, you know, the administrators to um, what our services are and how we can, you know, provide better care sure. to their patients. Yeah. And kind of go a little deeper into that process because, you know, getting something, a program like this started, um, you got to get some buy-in from those residents. You got to get some buy-in from that administrator and the director of nursing and the family, you know, how, yeah. what are, what are some of those ways that you guys do that? So what we've been doing lately is just doing like family nights or family lunches. Um, and that's just educating, right? It's just sure. bringing in mom and dad or, you know, mom and dad, and then the siblings are bringing in sisters or, you know, what have you, whoever's there what their family prototype is Mm -hmm. um, to sit down and tell them about our services. We go by, we have a folder that goes by each of our um, specialty services that we have. Yeah. Sometimes we invite the um, nurse practitioner to come, you know, so they can go ahead and meet him or her. So that way they feel comfortable, you know, with, with them. Um, You know, if the administrator's on board and she's okay with it or he's okay with it, then that's what we start doing. And we can, we can sign them up right there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we can register them on my computer. Um, you know, or we can, you know, if they want to think about it a little bit more, you know, I can always come back or the PCC can come back and talk to them about our services. So it's yeah. a real easy process, but I do think it takes, you know, just having a couple of family nights to where we can you know, sit down with the families and, and, you know, and just educate them on our services and make them feel good about, you know, making the choice to South Carolina house calls. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some of the communities I remember uh, serving in and, and I would go and, and I would, I would be the guy doing, you know, going and getting on the piano and, and singing mm-hmm. with residents. It was so much fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I got to know a lot of their, their kind of their healthcare system which most of the time it was a doctor from the community, um, Dr. Johnson or what, whatever their name is. And mm-hmm. they, they come to the community, but they come once a month, you know, and, yeah. and there's just so much at that age, you know, when somebody's in their mid seventies, you know, eighties, nineties, when they're at that age, a whole month is a long period of time to not see your provider. It really is. There's so much that can change even overnight, you know, Mm -hmm. especially if they have a UTI, you know, that's something that's, that's going to be identified pretty quickly and we can take care of it pretty quickly. But if you're waiting a whole month to go see your doctor, that's not a good thing. Yeah. Now, are are you guys able to provide services for memory care as well? Yes, absolutely. So yeah, in our memory care units, we, yeah, we have nurse practitioners that go in there probably more than once a week, just Mm -hmm. because again, things are changing so fast. Um, but yes, we provide services in memory care. We also do the telehealth with our specialty visits as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. great. Especially yeah. now. And, and you guys offer psych as well as, you know, as a specialty. Yes, we do. I mean, especially after, you know, everything that's kind of happened in the past two years with this pandemic, um, you know, the, the psychological and behavioral needs of these um I mean, these patients, it's just, it's, it's been crazy. I tell you, every building we go into, they're like, do you have psych services? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's something that they have seen that they need, the administrators, you know, have identified that they need. And yes, so we will have, we have a psychologist on board that can, you know, talk to the patients. Um, I think we're going to start having them go into a building like once or go into the facilities once a month. 
yeah. um, just to ha- you know, have sit down and have sessions. So I think that's really important. It's helping that, that, especially in the memory care, you know, having somebody to talk to because there are so many changes that are happening in their life. Um, you know, that's important for them to, to be able to sit down and talk to somebody. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I love this. You know, it, it's really changing healthcare. It's the, the it model, is. the model's changing, you know, very much more proactive in nature um, instead of reactive. And, and it's, and it's just giving a better lifestyle to, to these people that deserve it. It is, you know, and I like to think of it as like a preventive maintenance, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. we are because we're being proactive, we're stopping things that could have happened, you know, or or might happen, um, you know, by being there every week to see that patient. So I think it makes a big difference. And I'm, I'm proud to be a part of it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I look at it, too. It's it's just like you know, regular maintenance on your vehicle, you know, if, yeah. if you'd wait till that light comes on, it's usually <laughs> pretty trouble. expensive. Yeah. You know, especially yes. with cars nowadays, it's, it's really expensive, you know, and, and as an administrator, you know, you, you, you don't want to wait till that light comes on, you know, to have no. it, to deal with things. And, and they got to see truly what that was with during the pandemic. And, and it was yes. devastating for, for a lot of facilities and traumatic for a lot of people. And, um, but man, this is such a great opportunity and a great service. And so once again, Didi, thanks so much for being on the podcast. This is great. Yeah. I love, I love what you guys are doing. Love what you're offering, uh, these, these communities. So, um, thanks for, thanks well, thank for being, you. being with us now. Do you, yeah. Do you, thank uh, you for having yeah. me, Jamie. So yeah, we're, we're excited to have you and we'll have to have you back and hear some stories of of how this is going and, and how this is working. Oh, that would be awesome. So, yeah, that would be great. Awesome. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks for listening. And if you could leave us a five-star review, we would really appreciate it. Visit our podcast website at ltcuniversitypodcast.com. You can also subscribe to one of our other podcasts in our podcast network, The Disrupted Podcast with Scott Middleton, Experiencing Healthcare with Matt Staub, and The Thriving Practitioner Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Have a great week.